Good evening. Welcome to Voice in the Wilderness. I'm Don Noble of Pure Heart Ministries, and I welcome you today with exceedingly great joy. Tonight's message, talking about Jesus. Here with me in the studio is my friend and co-host today, Colleen McNeil from Newport, Oregon, who is also on the radio program there in Newport on Tuesdays and Fridays called Winds of Praise. I've asked Colleen to share a few stories that I believe will encourage you today. So please welcome Colleen McNeil. Well, good evening. It's such a delight to be here with Don. And God has used Don in so many ways. I mean, sometimes it's kind of I'll hear a little prompting like, Colleen, I'm going to be taking you somewhere that you've never been. You're going to meet people that you have never talked to. And just either that day or the following day, I get a phone call and Dawn tells me that she's going to Dallas, Texas, and do I want to go along with her? And so I'm just delighted to be here with Dawn this evening. And so one of the stories that I think I'd like to share with you was that I used to um, be employed for about 10 years with one of the churches in Newport, Oregon. And the job that I had been um, given was to be the director of outreach and evangelism. And so they paid me money to visit with people and to talk. And I thought that was so nice that I actually got paid to do that. But at the end of the year, in March, it would be the year-end reports. Those reports needed to be a capsulization of the entire year and it would be in a bound little uh, booklet to be handed out to the board members and to the church members so that we could review that year's um, progress. Well, because I'm more of a people person than I am a paper person, I had all of that information monthly documented in my wonderful little laptop computer. And I had um, kind of a large... Uh, legal yellow pad with kind of bullet points for each of these items. And so it was time for me to set down and actually put this all together so it could be bound and turned in to my senior pastor. And at the time that I sat down to do that, the entire screen on my little laptop was blacker than black. But the good thing was that there was a wonderful IT fellow at the church, which I called, and his son, who worked for Intel internationally, happened to be visiting over that weekend. And so they said, oh, no problem. We will come to your house. We'll be able to take that information off of your hard drive. You'll be just fine. I was so relieved. They came to the house. They looked at my computer, and then I could see their faces. There was something really wrong. And they said, Colleen, we're sorry to tell you, but the fan inside of your computer has burnt out and it has burnt up everything in your computer. There is absolutely nothing left. And I just, it was like my heart was just like beating as fast as it could be because my wonderful senior pastor was a very high directive fellow. And so he liked things like right away quick to be turned in. And I thought, oh, dear God, how am I going to get this done? 
And so after they'd left, I mean, I was going, oh, dear Jesus, I do not know how I'm going to get this report done because everything is locked up inside of that computer. And very quietly, I could kind of hear him say, "Mm, Colleen, I'd like you to just kind of hang out with me. And I thought, "Uh, hang out with you? I mean, as my heart is beating and I'm thinking about this incredible report, And he goes, yes. And I go, oh, dear. I mean, are you talking about that Mary and Martha kind of thing? I mean, like quiet, just looking up into your face, be still and listen. And it was like, yes. And I thought, oh, I mean, I knew that it was the right thing, but I could feel my head jerk quickly to like the right or the left, trying to think about how in the world am I going to get this report done for this year-end report. And then it was like I would just quiet myself and I think, no, I really need to be still and be quiet. And I would picture myself just looking up into Jesus's face like Mary did because she wanted to hang on every word he had to say. And so little by little by little, it became easier and easier for me to do that. And then we kind of take a walk down my little Uh, road. And, you know, I would kind of just chat with him and listen to him. And, you know, maybe I would listen to some praise and worship music. And so this kind of went on for about two and a half days. But each day, it got better and better. And he and I were having just kind of a great time hanging out together. And then he suggested that I would meet with a friend at Starbucks and that I would take my yellow um, legal pad with those bullet points and that I would meet with her. And I tried to explain to him that, I mean, she had been in a really bad accident and had all of these injuries to her arm and to her hand and whatever. And so I was thinking, how can this possibly work? And then I went, oh, well, I guess you know all about that. So it's better for me to be obedient and do that. So I called and she was very glad to like go ahead and meet me at Starbucks uh, for coffee. And what I didn't realize was that she had been a Fortune 500 um, uh, assistant to a lot of these high um, high profile um, people. And so anyway, as she sat there and she began to ask me questions on each one of these bullet points, she just quickly jotted down this information. And the more she did it, it was because I'm such a verbal person, it was like unlocking the hard drive inside of my computer. And so anyway, she jotted this all down and she said, you know, she said, I'll go home this evening and I think I can click this out for you. And I thought, really? And so the next morning, she arrived at my door and she had this beautiful report, all typed, all bound, beautiful. And as I reached out to touch the report, I could hear Jesus say, so how's that? And so why I tell you that story is sometimes we get in such a twit over things and we think that we have to be the one to figure it all out and to figure out how to do it. But what it taught me was that I could trust and believe the Lord when he tells me what I'm supposed to do. And so I pray that that is an encouragement to you this evening and that you'll 
not be in such a twit over something that is causing you to feel really stressed today. That is a great story. I can tell you personally from hearing that story, and I've heard it many times, I actually like hearing that story because it really kind of jolts me and kind of corrects me, like brings me back into, you know, because I'm this hyper, hyper person and I'm always in a twit, like she said, about certain things when it seems like everything's going awry and how is God going to make this better? But, you know, when you think about that story and you think that she took all that time to just spend time with Jesus, because we are talking about Jesus today, what a difference it made and how it all unfolded so beautifully and so perfectly who could have imagined how that resolved for her? I'm sure she couldn't. Re- I'm, I'm sure she couldn't imagine how it all resolved, but God did it, and that is a great testimony of God's greatness and goodness and love toward us and mercy toward us and grace toward us. So I love that story. Now she has other stories she's going to share. So Colleen, go right ahead. Well, that particular story then set up things for me at another time when, you know, things were way different than like what I thought that they should be. And my same, that same pastor had asked me if I would please be in charge of the National Day of Prayer in our community. Well, I had seen Shirley Dobson on TV So I knew who she was, but I certainly didn't know anything at all about the National Day of Prayer. And so I tried to kind of pick the brain of my pastor and my co-pastors, but they told me they didn't want to micromanage me and that, you know, they knew that I'd be able to, like, take care of it. And as I walked out to my car, I admitted to Jesus. I said, I'm sorry, Jesus. I don't know anything about any of this. I mean, the National Day of Prayer for a whole community? Like, what in the world should I do? And just as I touched the door of my car, he brought to my thoughts this pastor's wife that I had met previously. And so it was like, why don't you call and meet with her for coffee? And so that's what I did. And as we were thinking about it, The National Day of Prayer normally meets on the first Thursday of May. And there's usually, you know, there can be wonderful uh, gatherings at your state capitol or your city hall or whatever, and praying for our nation because we want our nation to once again be one nation under God, just like George Washington dedicated this country. So anyway, we met thinking about that, but it was like pushing against something very hard. So we just bowed our little heads and just said, well, Jesus, now what do you want? And both of us, when we raised our head from our little prayer, she said Wednesday evening, and I said Wednesday evening. It was like God wanted a prayer rally in the evening. And what he did was he put together seven pastor's wives that came every Monday when their husbands had a day off. And they would come to my house and sit around my dining room table and pray. Pray about the National Day of Prayer, about our country, and all of these things. Well, it was getting probably about 
three and a half weeks away from the actual time of having this rally, and the Lord laid it on my heart to go to the Ministerial Association president and to kind of update him on what was going on. And I said, well, Lord, the, I how can I update him on what's going on? Because you haven't really made it very clear exactly what you want to do. But it was like, no, you go there. You go talk to him. So I did. I went to talk to him. And he tried to be very... Um, very kind and very professional, but he basically said in so many words, excuse me, Colleen, it's three weeks from the actual event, and you're telling me you don't know all of the details about this rally? And I thought, oh, God, could you just maybe just do a little download right now so I won't feel stupid? But nope, that didn't happen, so I could really feel his um, correction to me. And I went home and I kind of, I could feel a little tear kind of trickle down my cheek. But as I read my devotion from the National Day of Prayer that day, it was all about the revival in Wales. And I told the Lord, I said, well, the revival in Wales, that'd be nice. You could do something like that. And so anyway, then Sunday rolled around and my prayer partner came out of the sanctuary and she said, oh, Colleen, the Ministerial Association uh, pastor has um, the music minister has introduced a brand new song and she said there is such an anointing on this song and she said you just have to listen to it and so as I listened to it it was the days of Elijah and oh my it was so powerful it was so absolutely powerful and so I was so excited about that and so on Monday when I got to the prayer time when the pastor's wives came I was trying to tell them about this song, but I couldn't remember the name of the song. So I called the prayer partner that had told me about that anointing. And she said, oh, Colleen, she said, don't you remember? That's on that CD, The Revival in Wales. And she said the name of the song is The the Days of Elijah. And so just as I said that, as they said, she said that um, over my speaker on my phone, the Holy Spirit just I mean, everybody just raised their hands, praising the Lord. They knew that the focus needed to be the days of Elijah. And the Ministerial Association president's wife was sitting right there, and she said, do you have a piece of paper? God's giving me the order of service. And so she wrote down the days of Elijah. God had given each of the pastor's wives a song and even had given one for me. God moved it from the Assembly of God Church to the Nazarene Church. I mean, he took care of every single solitary detail in maybe five or maybe seven minutes. And when when the prayer time was over, the pastor's wives were giggling and laughing in the front entry, and they were saying, shouldn't it have somehow been harder? And that day when we had the rally, I mean, all of this came together I mean, the presence of the Lord was so sweet and so special, and it taught me, again, just like the broken computer, is that we can believe and we can trust Jesus to order our every step through the Holy Spirit that he has given to us to live within us. Thank you, Colleen. That's a wonderful lesson for us to learn, 
God is really a supernatural God, and he's really able to do things that are way beyond our imagination or whatever we can possibly think. So I love that story as well. And we have time, actually, for one more story, Colleen. So if you have something else you'd like to share, well, here take we the floor. Go. I mean, those two um, kind of set the, um, the groundwork for this third one. And we have a prayer group that has been meeting at my home for over 30 years. And on Wednesdays, we fast and pray, you know, for our nation, you know, for our communities and for our families. And so anyway, I, I wanted to um, encourage the girls because they, my husband had given each one of them a key to remind them that God has given us authority. He's given us authority to lock things in heaven. They'll be locked on earth. He's given us that authority to unlock things in heaven, and they'll be unlocked on earth. And so I thought, well, the next thing I'd like to do is I would like to give each one of them an arrow, you know, to, you know, to just, you know, be an encouragement like Elisha had helped the king to like shoot the arrow out the window and that then he told them to strike the arrows on the ground. And if they fervently struck the arrows on the ground, they would be successful in their battle. And so I wanted to do that for the girls. So I asked um, Scott at our radio station uh, if there was a possible way of doing that. He said, well, certainly. He said, I'll have Dan make some arrows for you. He contacted me on a Wednesday morning, told me to come in before 7 o'clock in the morning to get the arrows. There was a gentleman going up the stairs at the same time as I was. I didn't really know him very well or anything. I was given the arrows. I had seven arrows in my hand, actually standing under a flag that um, was George Washington's flag, Appeal to Heaven. And so Scott had taken a photo of me, and all of a sudden this gentleman is crying, and tears are running down his face. And God had given him a vision that there was going to be a concert, a concert that was going to be a sound before the event, but that he was not going to be the director, that there was going to be someone else as a director. And so he said, well, how am I supposed to know who that person, who that person might be? And God said to him, the person will be standing holding seven arrows in their hand. And I thought, oh dear, they just took a picture of me, and there I'm standing with the arrows in my hand. And I thought, God, I'm sorry, I don't really know anything at all about concerts or music or whatever, but we needed to know where God wanted that to be held, you know, in our community. And so we began praying into that, waiting and waiting and waiting. And then the Lord revealed that there was the Performing Arts Center and that we should apply through the city. Well, what I didn't realize was that normally that process takes 90 days. But God's prompting was at the beginning of the first day, and there were only three days left until, you know, this um, music um thing on June 25th. And so a long story short was that because of those two places before where God had made me wait, and then he carried it out, on a Friday, the Lord prompted me to go to City Hall 
to check about the authorization to use the Performing Arts Center property, and the entire city hall was locked down because they now weren't open on Fridays because of COVID. And so now I'm going, well, Lord, why would you send me to City Hall on the 11th hour, you know, and the City Hall is all locked down. But just just as that happened, I went around the corner and there was a side entrance and there was a little buzzer for deliveries. I buzzed that buzzer and the lady invited me in so I could go down to the gentleman's office. And at 1150, I was walking down the hall. The man had told me I need to know the location by noon or one o'clock. And so as I'm headed down, I'm chuckling and I'm going, Lord, here I am in a locked city hall on the 11th hour headed to this place. And sure enough, they gave me permission for the use of that property at the 11th hour. And see, because of those other stories, it had made me not be afraid to wait for God, even if it was the 11th hour. I think you can take away from that story as well, just waiting on the Lord. In fact, all three stories have that same theme underlying. It's waiting on the Lord. For me, that's hard. That's just, it's just my personality. It's hard. I'm trying to learn. And certainly, Colleen is an encouragement. And when I hear these stories, they encourage me. So, I believe that they are encouraging you today. And I'm sure there's somebody listening tonight that really, really needed to hear maybe just one story, maybe all three stories. But trusting the Lord and waiting on him is really, it's worth it. Because if you get in a twit like I can get in, and I get in knots and get all bound up, just fretting, it's really much more fun to just hand it over to the Lord, sit back, and watch him work. I am very grateful that she's in my life and that she shares these things with me and often encourages me that, um, you know, it's very helpful to me. And we're all made differently. We all have different personalities. We all have different um, thresholds, I would say, what of what we can tolerate, what we can't tolerate. And of course, um, I haven't quite got to the threshold where Miss Mary is. I call her, I'm going to call her now Miss Mary, where sitting at Mary's feet, you know, I'm the Martha, Martha, Martha. And yet, um, it's really so important to learn this lesson. I mean, it really, really is a lesson that you want to learn. It's a lesson that you want to really embrace, I would say. So I'm thankful that she was uh, able to share today, to talk about Jesus. And really, truly, it's all about Jesus. It's all about what he did on the cross. It's all about what he, you know, uh, I think about those scriptures in Isaiah 53 
and it says the chastisement for our peace was upon him. In other words, he took the punishment for us to be able to walk in peace. Imagine that. Imagine that. So instead of being in a twit, we can be, we can walk in peace and just know that he's for us. He's not against us. He's willing to help. He said, call on me and I'll answer you. Sometimes we just allow situation, situations and circumstances, which sometimes can be very overwhelming. We're not denying the overwhelming feelings that come. So it's exciting to know that God is there to help us. He's with us. He's for us. We can run to him. He's our strong tower. We can run to him. He is faithful, faithful, always faithful to help us. All we have to do is call on him. I believe tonight's messages that she shared, those stories, are going to impact you. I believe they're not just going to impact you. I believe they're going to really change something. Your mindset, your belief system, how you look at things, your perspective, your view, whatever you want to call that. I believe somebody's going to be very, very impacted by the stories that she shared. They've impacted me. I've heard them many times. I never get tired of hearing the stories because they're really God's stories. It's talking about Jesus. And you can't ever go wrong when you're talking about Jesus. He likes when we talk about him. He really does. He, re- he really enjoys us talking about him. And I'm pleased that she was here all the way from the Oregon coast. She actually lives like 500 yards from the Pacific Ocean. Can you imagine? Wow. And it's pretty there. It's a beautiful, beautiful little community. I've been there, been to her home, and uh, I love it there. Oregon is just a magnificent, beautiful state. So if you ever get a chance to go to Oregon, don't pass it up. Well, I hope you enjoyed tonight. You can go to dot pureheart.today and listen to this message again. You can listen to this on your iHeartRadio app by going to Pure Heart Ministries podcasts 24-7. You can listen to these messages. I really appreciate your prayers. Thank you, thank you, thank you for praying for this ministry and would love for you to financially support it. You can send a check to Pure Heart Ministries P.O. Box 85 Valley Grove, West Virginia, 26060. That's Pure Heart Ministries, P.O. Box 85, Valley Grove, West Virginia. Well, I certainly look forward to being with you again. And we may have another surprise for you. May have something else up my sleeve. So anyway, this is Don Noble saying, Shalom, Shalom. Peace be unto you.